So you you basically do science work, is that right? You study like herb, herb, herbs and stuff or beans? <laughs> I don't know. Oregano right here is the best <laughs> oregano I've ever seen. Thank you for tuning in to the Restoration Podcast with James, Evan, and Dave, where we restore yesterday's tools for the craftsmen of today. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. How's everybody doing tonight? Very good, very good. Evan, how are you? Oh, Evan! Oh, no. Evan, Evan is dealing is with baby-related emergencies right now, but we are still making this happen we have a very special guest tonight. Maybe if you're into restoration, you've heard of this guy. He's got like one or two YouTube videos, and he likes to you know, make stuff. Eric from Hantle Rescue, ladies and gentlemen. Round of applause. Well, yes. Started thank you. All. Thank you very Love much. It. Appreciate Appreciate yeah, you having me on, guys, here at <laughs> 96.3. That's right. That's right. So, um, Eric, thanks for coming on to the show, man. We really appreciate you. Um Tell us a little bit about what you've been working on lately, man. Lately? Yeah. What's how, late how, la- how late do you want to go? Jeez, like, I don't know. Like well, currently or last month? <laughs> well, how about this? How about this? We have some listeners out there who have accidentally stumbled into the podcast. Uh, introduce yourself. Tell everybody what you're about and where to find you if they want to check out some of your work. Uh, sure. Uh, as I said, my name is Eric, and I have a YouTube channel called Hand Tool Rescue, as well as a forsaken Instagram account uh, <laughs> under the same name. Uh, but essentially, just restore whatever you may think of uh, that uses your hands in some weird way. And I've violently broadened that uh, definition. Uh, just to suit the channel's needs. <laughs> but uh, I just have a lot of fun restoring tools mainly. Um, and it's it's been good. I've been enjoying it uh, for a while now, even before sure. I was on YouTube. Yeah. Well, tell us how... Um, I, this is a question I always wonder, because I feel like restoration is kind of a weird thing to get involved with. You know, people collect stuff. Or people have other weird hobbies, but like, how did you get into restoration? And then specifically, how did you gear your interest toward tools in particular? It was all a very natural progression, I would say. So uh, by by that, I, I literally mean I moved into my first house and there was a garage in the back and uh, the previous owner had a little workbench in there and I've always wanted, I was you know, for the years before owning my own house, I've been wanting the workshop and having the ability to fix my own stuff and blah, blah, blah. But I didn't have the money to do that. Uh, you know, just fully spec out the workshop the second you obtain it. So uh, I want to, you know, used sites, estate sales and things like that. Yeah. And ended up finding cheaper alternatives that just needed a little more love uh, and elbow grease to get going. And that just literally snowballed into some ridiculous uh, antique tool addiction because (laughs) at at first it was, it was merely like, Oh, I, I legitimately need a table saw. So I found this 1940s table saw. I probably won't die and I'll fix it. And that'll be fine. Uh, 
but then once you stock up on all of kind of the essentials, uh, I didn't stop. Yeah, I yeah. just kept going and started doing that as the as the workshop side hustle. It was just f- flipping, like taking something, giving it, uh, making sure there are repairs made, getting it running again, get it in at least working order, like maybe not a massive full crazy restoration, and then just resell. Sure. Uh, yeah. And then one day I stumbled across a bunch of hand planes and tried to figure out how old this Stanley hand plane was. And I started looking it up online and then once again, just immediately became addicted to finding out the history and like dating tools. I don't know. Like I still love that part for some reason. Yeah. It's uh, really cool. So there was just something innate that like snapped in my brain. Like, you must follow this. You must, <laughs> you must obtain all of the rest. Uh, this and is the... Uh, the, yeah, basically. And right. uh, now I'm on this podcast. That's that, right. Exactly. That's, that, that's where it all ends up. Exact chain of events. <laughs> it's such a relatable story too, because I mean, like, none of us are, you know, made of money, and and I feel like when you buy a house, it's like, oh, unless it's brand new, and even then, like, you need to be able to do a couple things out there, and to, yeah. to equip that shop is like. You have to have a couple of things. Like, and do you want to spend five hundred dollars straight out the gate, or are you going to spend twenty dollars at like grandma's yeah. yard sale? And like, you don't want to deal with a piece of garbage. You want it to be awesome, so you make it awesome, and then it's way awesomer than anything you could buy at the store. So it's like, this is the yeah. way. This yeah, way, and know? that was that was the difference. And there was still something, even back then, where I'm like, no, I'm not going to go pick up the the 1998 Stanley chinese chisels like i'm not i don't care that's not as vintage enough as i need to there was still something like no it must be solid cast iron yes i must need a friend at all times to move everything in my shop otherwise i don't want it yeah (laughs) eric the the shop in the house you referenced that is the same shop that is uh featured in your films um including trap or (laughs) no uh for and for the first few years, yes, um, I'm in a new shop now that sits on top of where the old one used to lie. Hmm. So it changes a little bit, but most people won't even know because most of my shots are very close up. Yeah, it's just the, the same, uh, the same wood top. It's the same there. workbench. That's the same for sure. That, was I mean, that, yeah. is that the workbench you you inherited, or did you make that one? No, this is the one that I built this one. Like, this okay. is the one in all the videos, yeah. Cool. That was, like, the first thing I did in the workshop. And it's weird, because you need, like, a workbench to make stuff, but you don't have one. You need so a workshop like, to make a workbench, yeah. yeah. You gotta make a workbench. It's like chicken and egg scenario. It's very complicated. Right, right. Really interesting video uh, called Machine Thinking. You might have, or by a channel called Machine Thinking, you might have seen some of their videos where they do yep. that progression so interesting yeah like, yeah i love that channel that's a very good channel. for those out there who haven't seen machine thinking um this guy does a deep dive into like i think the video is called the origins of precision where you know we're talking about well if you need a workbench how do you build a workbench without a workbench but they go all the way back to like you're on a desert island and we go from desert island to uh precision machine tools that go within a millionth of an inch like yeah how do you get there it's insane he, he breaks it down so cool it's a anyway, cool story yeah super i enjoy cool. that channel Question for you, Eric. Have you ever had a moment in your tool collecting 
or restoring career where you kind of where you had a, a project that you needed to accomplish and you needed a specific tool for it that you didn't have so you had to go and get one to restore and then to you had to restore a tool to be able to restore a tool or machine Ooh, that's a good question probably is my yeah. answer but let me think about any specifics um like i, I for so, my, my oh god yes i was building a uh not specifically a tool but i was building a uh okay so just just a quick backstory sure. i uh used to have a sawmill and i would cut a lot of lumber okay uh, and slabs and things like that and i always uh, wanted slash needed the big 16 inch uh circular saw yeah, yeah, yeah. a massive like just that could cut like eight inches at a time or whatever sure uh, so sure. i remember being stuck like i can't cut through this piece of wood i got nothing I can't cut through this piece of wood in any other way than I need this massive saw. Yeah. Like you could do with a sawzall with a really long blade, but like it has to be nice and precise. Like I needed this saw. Sure. Uh, so I literally just went out on like eBay and per purchased like some ridiculous like 1950s all aluminum like non-grounded death saw. And <laughs> And just like literally immediately restored it, replaced the variants, and then made the final cut on that piece of wood. Like right. took took a week off to just do stupid, ridiculous <laughs> things because it's it's more fun for me. Yeah, that's right. To just right. attack the tool than to slice a piece of wood. Like it's, yeah, why well, use a handsaw and then those yeah. wonderful planes when you no. could? <laughs> no, I must obtain. I'm, it, it's almost like I'm just fighting for a reason. Or I guess looking yep. for just a reason to buy yeah. another ridiculous thing that I'll use like once because <laughs> it's gonna kill me. Yeah, I remember yeah. trying to turn. I tried to turn a shaft uh, on my drill press, and I was like, I need a lathe, so I bought two. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, I had to do it. Yeah, it is. Ugh. It'll pay for itself. Yeah, sure. It's good. Stuff. Do you do you have? <laughs> shed now of all of your uh death defying machines oh they're they're all in the workshop still just tripping over they're, them now they're lying they're lying around like uh there's the hovering lawnmower <laughs> oh yeah like oh yeah uh yeah they're they're all around uh yeah the tripping hazards are real but the death <laughs> machines are yeah they're plastered on the walls or shop art. shelves and stuff yes essentially Nice. There is a shed, but it's just filled with shed stuff. Right. None of the so. How did you? Um, let's talk about your YouTube channel because I know most of the people that know you or know you from your YouTube videos. Sure. What What was the inspiration to start either making videos or to start posting things on YouTube? Like, where'd that come from for you? So that was another part of that natural evolution of things just happening. Um, I was getting more detailed uh, and involved with the restorations I was doing. And uh, as they got more complicated, I basically couldn't keep track anymore of where stuff went. Uh, so I started taking photos uh, and then it got too complicated for just photos. Like I need to see my hands physically removing a bolt that was like this size 
and roughly put it back into here. So then I just started filming it. And then uh, I thought, you know, if I'm filming it, like, I might as well just slap it up on YouTube. Sure. And then I, I did. And and it wasn't popular, really, for for a while. Uh, and what was your big moment? What do you think what was your breakaway that got you to where you are today? Um, I don't, I, f- I forget if it was actually, it was the gas powered circular saw. Like it's a circular saw with a chainsaw engine on it. Okay. I remember that one. Yeah. yeah it was made by Homelite, like an actual production model, which are extremely rare and very expensive. Yeah. Um, and it's the cool, it's like still that one of the coolest things I own. Yeah. Like it's too, it's too cool. Uh, so something like that, I think that's what really broke it. And and also I, maybe I just got better over time. Like when I go back and look at the first video, I'm literally like, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm like the camera's right at my face and yeah. I'm literally heavily breathing into the microphone and then I just sped it up. So it's, <laughs> it's the most annoying, horrible thing. Yeah, that's funny. you can go watch it anytime you want. It's just so unnecessarily <laughs> gross. So uh, that's probably why you know it have wasn't you, very appealing. Have you always wanted to take things apart all the way down to every single fastener and layer? Because in in this community, there there is a level, and you'll see it in conversations going. Well, I want to do a full restoration, but I don't think I need to go as far as Eric would go. Like you've you've developed that threshold that it's like well it's stuck and it's perfectly functional it looks nice but you just need to take it apart to put it back. I see it okay to answer your question is I see it more like a puzzle where the further I take it apart, uh, maybe not a puzzles might not be the right word but the further I take it apart the more I kind of learn about either how it works or why they made it a specific way. And that's for some reason more interesting to me. Like I like to think about just even on the, on the swing saw, there's a, there's a pin that locates the angle of the swing saw. So you could do miter cuts, right? Okay. But, uh, that pin doesn't kind of drop in place. You kind of move the saw around and then push it up and it'll lock into like where it needs to be. But that pin is baveted into the casting. Mm. And I'm thinking, I'm sitting there like, why? 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 But I would never know that unless I fully, completely stripped everything. And then all of a sudden, I I bring it to attention on Instagram and some guy's like, oh, I work in in a whatever shop and we do this all the time when we have errors. Huh. Mm. It in, cause the Babbitt, the Babbitt's not really going to move. It's not on a part that uh, necessarily receives any amount of massive force. It's yeah. just like literally gluing it in with steel. Uh, and mm. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. And then I ended up learning that this is now a thing. Yeah. Uh, so I just, cool. I like taking it apart all the way. If, if this was my second time, on the same tool, I'd be like, no, I don't care. Yeah. Like I get it. I get it. If it the bolt is in the hole and it's clamping down, 
<laughs> like I get, I don't need to take it out, wire wheel the bolt, and put sure. it back in. Let me. Like, it's unnecessary lot. for me after the first thing because I do. I at the end of the day, I make I make my videos for a guy exactly like me who happened to pick up this like one weird tool that no one has talked about. It's like super odd. There's nothing about it, and I wanted to see it fully apart and restored and that's basically all i wanted all the time because i was restoring things and that yeah. just didn't exist like i would love like a part-by-part -part breakdown of a restoration on any number of the chainsaws above my head right now because uh, i'd like to get to them at some point and i know chainsaws can be finicky in like the order of the parts that are put together and how they're put together and what type of material is no longer suitable for modern gasoline and blah, blah, blah. Sure. So I, it would just, it would be amazing. But uh, I have to be that guy. It is, it is my burden. I was about to say, it's your burden. That's <laughs> funny. I remember you saying one time, I was listening to something, you, I think in one of your Instagram stories, it's like, it would be great to know like to have the manual from a zillion years ago that is exists nowhere on planet earth anymore. Yeah. The, the assembly order of these certain things and like the maintenance instructions on them and like, and they just don't exist. So I just got to figure it out. It's like, yeah, that's it. yeah it sucks. Like, well, I, I want to continue as much as possible in, in the spirit of essentially making a video patent document. Sure. Uh, you look at it that way. Like I just, I would love to document, you know, whatever I can you, uh, in that way. Every you single may part. document more than what the actual company and fabricators <laughs> ever had, because uh, knowing that they were, they were probably either trying to cut costs and yeah. didn't write a print going, well, we just have this part we bought from somebody else. Yeah. And, you know, Bobby over there puts the hole in this material and pours something in and yeah. that's it. That's Bobby. So, it, is, it is a great percent. Uh, it is a great service, though. I mean, in a, in a sense, when you do have that thing that you need to know about, and the information is not there, it's like, gosh, it's twenty twenty. Like, there's no video on this thing. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I know. What? Like, that's why it's such an interesting time uh, on uh, on the internet in terms of antique tools because. It's exactly where two worlds should not be colliding. The people, yeah. the people that are into antique tools and and know and have used them hands on, sure. and the people that love YouTube videos, <laughs> the internet, it, it doesn't cross over that much. Oh. And I I never thought I would have a channel like I do now. I honestly. When I was posting it, it was literally like I, I just I'm putting it out there. If someone sure. wants to use this one day, maybe they'll find the exact same tool and it'll be of interest. Uh, right. I just I never thought it would grow like this, and I'm I'm happy that there are a bunch of people that are now like crazy with cataloging as much as possible. But yeah. there's still people out there that are going to pass away before they pass on the last bit of knowledge to piece together something that I'm going to encounter at some point. And it'd be like, Oh yeah, 
Jim, the guy who died in 2012. He's the guy that knew. He knew it. He knew the answer yeah, to your well, question. You're like, well, you what the hell? <laughs> like, it's just a little too late. Like, uh, you know, uh, you got yeah. to act fast. I frustrating. Guess. Very frustrating. So, so just, Dave, you please, go. Dave. No, no, go ahead. Okay. Does that um, people doing YouTube uh, almost call it the game? Um given the fact that restoration videos have, have kind of picked up in the last few years, do you find yourself leaning towards the even weirder just for the eyeballs, or is it is it more personal than that? Um, personally, I've always, like, you can look back on my videos, and I've always chosen, like, the weirdest, most uh, odd, unique, both looking and functioning. I just... I love that stuff personally. Like I love the swing saw is so ridiculously dangerous and they're not like that. That's not that uncommon or rare. I just love how ridiculous it is. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, I, I'm, always, I'm always on the search for like really weird ornate uh, kind of objects. It just something about it. I, I don't know what it is. It intrigues me more than, than like yeah. if it's just a chisel or something. Yeah, stuff gets a little little repetitive. Question for you. So I would imagine at this point in in where you are in the restoration and old tools community, you probably get a lot of people you know offering stuff to you or coming to you. But before that was uh, on the table for you, what was your process? Did, were you, did you go pick stuff? Did you estate sales, antique stores? What, what, did you have a spot that you always went to? Talk a little bit about that. How you sure. acquired stuff. Sure. Uh, there are a few avenues, of course. So the internet's obviously very easy. You can do that at home on your couch at any point in time. You can go and check Craigslist or even eBay if you wanted to pay large prices. Uh, but eBay's good in the sense that there's some stuff on eBay that you just it's you're never going to see this in your entire life. Sure. Uh, and it's nice to at least see it for sale somewhere. Uh, but regardless of that point, the uh, estate sales and just general auctions are always fantastic. Uh, for the most part, <laughs> always fantastic. <laughs> uh, and, and there's some good stuff there. In the area I'm in, we are absolutely surrounded by uh, huge farms that have been here for a long time. So there's a, there's a lot of stuff that pops up uh, yeah. that is of interest to me. So sure. that's a lot of fun. And yes, the people actually offering is now a new amazing avenue that I uh, had the privilege of using. Sure. Uh, because someone will be like, oh, didn't you talk about this? How it's super rare. I got like 17 in my basement. And I'm like, oh, okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, if you could just send them all, please. Yes. Yeah, so those are very awesome and very welcome emails when they, when they do happen. But sure. those are the two that are really easy. Um, there, I haven't had as much time as I wish I did uh, to build out... Uh, a huge network of contacts because that would that would be a really great way to get what you need like i knew antique shop owners and i knew uh certain people who collected things and they would maybe give me a call when something interesting came in but nothing 
sprawling and massive where like like if this one thing shows up in this tiny part of the world i somehow get a call on yeah. like a secret satellite phone <laughs> the shoe phone <laughs> yeah like that's that's real that's really the level that would be amazing no doubt that's cool so um what was i gonna ask you oh i just had a little bit of a brain fart oh right so <clears throat> we for those who watch your channel and have followed you, I guess, you know, in the last couple of years, at least uh, like I have, um, you have a love affair with chainsaws. I, I'd love to explore that a little bit more because they are awesome, powerful uh, tools and machines. And I use them at work and I love them. Yes. But uh, I don't think I love them the same way that you love them. And I'm curious <laughs> what, the, what the love of chainsaws came from and to just delve into that a little bit. 100%. How can you not? Okay. You disgust awesome me. Power. <laughs> uh, no, so they're they're basically to me, okay, which I I am not like a car guy, okay, but sure. to me the the chainsaw is like the the like mini car, and uh, I'll explain <laughs> why that is uh, because they're external design is so unbelievably interesting with each and every maker and manufacturer and model like some are crazy like art deco, deco with like su like sweeping lines it gets ridiculous some are super boxy and weird i just absolutely love the design choices because as soon as chainsaws became so frequent and, and popular it was really like the look that that stood out much like cars like all the cars in the 20s are like the exact same car right. uh, <laughs> yeah they are. and then I, and then you compare that you know 50 years later with uh, the full lineup of cars it's an, it's an insane difference so i really mm -hmm. love at that period when it was like a design forward uh thinking on on chainsaw sales and models so i i enjoy that aspect a lot and i also like the danger obviously uh, <laughs> and and it's fun because it's it's almost a crime how easy it is to just get basically any of these running yeah uh, and people are like throwing them away i can go at almost any point in the week and go to the scrap uh, like the dump and they put out the metal scrapper they put out anything with an engine along the fence and you can just mm -hmm. you can just take it because people <laughs> drop them off and like this doesn't work i don't know like, i don't know yeah, right. it is. and i'm driving by they're like uh excuse me uh this is a very nice excellently perfectly fine chainsaw so yeah uh, yeah, the, their fixability is also something that attracted to me. To go from someone thinking it was literal garbage to me yeah. actually cutting something with it in like two hours is, a, yeah. is just a very appealing, very rewarding. So it's one of those tools that just hits. It checks off a lot of boxes for me personally in terms of like why I love tools and, and restoring them. Sure. I feel like there's a certain level, and this is just me as a new getting like getting into engines a little bit. Yeah. Uh, there's something extremely satisfying about that, you know, the ingenious engine, you know, that's like yeah. that ingenious device coming to life and breathing fire and like making yeah, crazy it's noises. Extremely, from... 
It's extremely interesting. And I have been on the lookout for uh, the more extreme chainsaws. Like, there are diesel chainsaws. <laughs> and I, I must obtain the diesel chainsaws. Are they like early, like German diesel? Like, are they are they for are they overseas? Uh, uh, John Sered makes them makes them. Uh, so what is that like uh, Nordic somewhere? Um, yeah. So oh. they aren't that old. They're like fifties. Okay. Uh, they, <laughs> I must. I must. They're so. Everyone knows they're rare. There's like six or some ridiculous number. Uh-huh. And, uh, it will be thousands of dollars to obtain one if I ever yeah. come close to being able to buy one. And there's like one video on YouTube where the guy just starts it and the room fills with black smoke and you can't see anything for 45 seconds. And then he shuts it off. Right. And, and that's that's it. That's the whole thing. Yeah. I'm like, that's all I want to do. That's all I do. It's <laughs> just dying in my shop. Carbon monoxide poison due to a diesel oh chainsaw. That's the way to go. Like that's the way to go. That's how it is. Yeah. That's what you want to do. That's actually how you cure COVID. It's diesel I, chainsaw smoke. Right. You, you just breathe. You it just in. have to knock it another way, and then you're yeah. fine. Like, oh God, you just have to... Yeah, Dude, it's... we just solve the biggest problem right now. Yeah, it's well, uh, it's a very interesting saw, and most of the early chainsaws were electric. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yes, like, it took just like cars. They were electric at first, and then someone's like, "Yo, we could just make it portable." Yeah, in a small engine in it. Uh, huh. So that kind of took off until battery powered. Now, which are very nice chainsaws. But mm-hmm. regardless, there there are some weird things that I would love to to touch in terms of electric, very old electric chainsaws as well, and pneumatic. It's a whole list of things that I got to Yeah. I, I enjoyed that underwater uh, recipsol that you worked on. I didn't yes. realize that was a thing. Uh, yes. I, I, are there another? Is there a variety of interesting underwater tools that are out there for the, the picking? I would imagine there's some uh, research I involved. Have, but... I do have a, a circular saw, like a pneumatic circular saw. One was used for bridge work, so it may be uh, underwater capable but mm. i guess they would they all be i don't even know i uh, yeah i guess i mean it's an, an interesting um unusual way to do portable power i guess if you could just bring a tank it just it's so ridiculous like this thing i rented a 70 cfm compressor jeez just to run <laughs> this and it it couldn't it, it ended up not running it and i couldn't even do a piece of wood <laughs> because i found i found one advertisement of a model uh, of this sold a little later on that was slightly smaller that said uh, 60 CFM is all you need. Sure. And so I'm like, okay, get 70 just in case. No, this uh, thing uh, needs like 120 uh, CFM or something. Like <laughs> where, where it's weird. 19, like what, where are you getting all this here? Where do you even yeah. compressing? Like it just, it just hurts my brain. What are you bringing on site? To do this, you have to hook it up to a to an aircraft carrier's main. Yeah, like the advertisement <laughs> is the guy in the in the brass suit. Yeah, 
Oh, cool. So, oh, so, so you got what? You got one guy giving that guy air, and like a thousand guys on the deck just like pumping air. Uh, yeah, like just pump a 20, 120 CFM into his lungs. <laughs> yeah, it's it's stuff like that that just uh, it's just so much fun. Where you where you live or near where you live, is there a lot of um, options? Like, do you, do you find old logging stuff? I remember one of the first things like I just saw in your channel or I think in Instagram many years ago was like either you showing or talking about drag saws, and I'd never heard of them before. And I'm like, where do you run into a drag saw? Is this stuff like just sort of like every corner in Canada in your neck of the woods? I just assume. yeah, that's, that's, that's our currency. <laughs> <laughs> right, of course. I'll trade you sticks oh and maple God. syrups for this drink. So. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Yes. So, where I am, like I, I, where I am in the prairies now, I'm basically the only guy that owns a, a drink. So, okay. There's nothing. Not that, there's nothing that would world. ever be of interest. Slightly north of me, like two to four hours. Yes. Yeah. That's sure. where you might find them more commonly, but okay. that type of drag saw, the one that I have, which cuts five foot diameter trees, is like a West yeah. Coast, a West Coast drag saw, guaranteed. Okay, cool. Just because that's where the big trees are. Uh, yeah, I love, I absolutely love that thing so much. Yeah, it's so, it's just like a bunch of drunk guys got together. What if we engine on a handsaw? <laughs> Like why we we already have chainsaws, Bill? Why would we yeah. want to do that? I don't know, but think about it. Like it's this, cool. this, this wasn't made before chainsaws. Oh, really? I didn't this realize. this is why this is why it hurts my brain. It's so comedic. Yeah. It's just a different path, and that's why chainsaws are so interesting because everyone's like, "Yo, what if we made this weird chainsaw this way?" And like this might be the new standard of chainsaw design, and then it isn't because it's a horrible idea. And then now it's a it's a cool chainsaw. Yeah, the Sally saw where it's a hollow circular saw blade. Yeah, that one is mind blowing. (laughs) I got to do a quick pause. My kid is crying. I'll be right back. (laughs) This happens a lot. He's done. Is this kid dying of sickness? I hope not. We have Evan's kid throwing up, so I. We don't need any more children. My children are all thankfully asleep, but these headphones drain out a lot. So I've had kids like walk in and just, oh, all right. <laughs> yes, that's why I have moved to the workshop of safety I with just, the door locked. That's good. I so, just finished buying insulation so that I can go reside in my workshop because it's only <laughs> half insulated. Which means that I don't do this out there. I would die. You would die. I know. I know. That was the number one thing about the new workshop. I'm like, I don't care. It needs to be so stupidly insulated. Like I, I can't even handle any little bit of annoying heat loss. Like my walls are R40 and the ceilings are 60. Oh my God. Yeah. I, do I look like I'm fucking around? It's like. <laughs> no negative 40 outside in the winter like i'm not it's ridiculous do you have is it radiant heat or do you have a another yes, it's, it's in floor heating yeah that makes sense oh it's 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 too good nice it's the greatest that i've ever had in my entire life in terms of heating 
Did you? So you took down the old shop. Did you completely excavate its foundation to put it in the same spot, or did you just put a new? Yes, uh, everything's everything's gone because this one's larger than the previous uh, square footage. So okay. it's all gone. There wasn't even there wasn't anything. It just sat on like dirt. Mm. It was ridiculous. Yeah, it was ridiculous. So, And and the new one was all uh, reinforced with the wrench drops, right? It didn't have rebar. You just used the giant plates. You got it. You got it. 100%. I think you said Uh, something on the podcast. You were just going to bury that shit so that all of your... uh, Yeah, so I ended up up doing that because I'm an idiot. (laughs) That's, yeah. I wanted the blank, the wrench, the five by ten, half inch thick steel sheets, where the wrench blanks were lasered out of the skeletons, mm-hmm. as they call them, at the laser place. I'm basically a laser lingo guy now. Nice. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yes. So I took those home and I wanted to use them for something, but they look so light when like a forklift picks it up. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i go to like yeah. even moderately move it like one one inch off the trailer it's not it's not even moving i don't have a forklift i don't have any means of lifting like anything other than like friends so i just i just my trailer tilted so i just tilted the trailer dumped the the steel sheets on the right. ground and buried them that's awesome <laughs> I was going to say that there's, there's your, there's your machinery arms race right there. You have a problem you can't solve. Now you've seen a, you got a reason to buy a forklift. Listen, sweetheart, I need a forklift. guys. What am I going to do? No big deal. You need to to restore a a forklift and take it down to every nut. Yeah, I would, I would love, I would love. What's the the most oddball forklift? Is there like a art deco? Oh, there probably is. That's a good one. An old hister. From like the fifties, it runs on like it's like a, it's like Flintstones motivated. It's, it's yeah, I want something with a huge flywheel. It's just, just like two two granite. It's two granite cylinders and a bunch of feet <laughs> moving around. Big steel tracks. Yeah, it's like a half a mile to the gallon. That's what I need. It's That's what work. Yeah, I know. So I've learned a lot about. The limits of what I can and cannot move, you know, and and that is a limit, uh, like a hard limit for me in terms of the things I have to on. Yeah. Unfortunately. Uh, But it's just, it's just the way it is. Like, yeah, I would love to pick up that 25 foot lathe that's free because no one can move it. But uh, I also can't move it. So that's why it's not coming home with me. Nor do I have anywhere to store such a ridiculous item. So I, I'll still always trend towards like smaller, quote unquote, hand tools. But uh, yeah, like the big stuff is a lot of fun, but it's it's definitely less often for me. Like the drags uh, took. I found that in Ontario, right? I had to ship it to where I am, which was like. Seven hundred dollars, because shipping is because Canada's ridiculously huge, Um, and I had to find somewhere to store that, 
And I ended up not getting to it till like it was like two years after I bought it. it was the first time I even like basically took the first bolt off of it. It's it was yep. just yeah. I even moving it into my workshop was still a pain because it's like three or four hundred pounds of of stuff. Like yeah, you really got to pay attention to to what what the limits are. You know, just yeah. buy massive things like a drag saw and have like no way to move it around sure. what are those clamps oh those clamps yeah it's those big. ridiculous clamps the largest, <laughs> the largest clamp the like 250 pound c clamps is that what they weighed i they got to they got to. <coughs> oh my gosh yeah, they're it's, huge. So, it's so stupid but it's amazing it's amazing yeah uh, i think they were ca- i still think they were cast here in town yeah, way cool though. I mean, when you don't, you're not running into that every day. That's you can't just no. walk away from something like that. Very odd. So I want to ask you about your your um, power hammer. I was really I was very interested in the um, in the smaller one that you had that you did the full restoration on. That was really cool. And then I remember there being another one, and that's kind of kind of disappeared from your feed for a little while. I was wondering if there was anything to, anything going on with that, or any updates, or anything at all. Uh. Yeah, that's another slow process. So that was what two, two or three years ago. I picked that up. Yeah, it's a Fairbanks Model E, one hundred and fifty pound hammer. So much larger than the twenty five pound that I had before. Right. Uh, it is massive. It weighs five thousand pounds. Another thing that now that it's in my workshop, I can't ever move it again. I guess it's just there. <laughs> so that's good. Sure. Um, Yes, what's going on? I spent most of March like quarantine lockdown just exclusively working on removing the keys that held the sow block and the hammer dies in. Yes. And that was an absolute nightmare. Yeah. It was enjoyable. When we all were sitting at home, we were just like, is Oh my god, you don't even know Eric getting it loose. The amount the amount of messages, like I could not keep up. People are like, no, you gotta do it. You gotta try this. What if this were like people are so excited? They're like, this is the best COVID. I'm so happy. Like I felt so good at the end of the day knowing that like I actually helped a bunch of bored people like eating Cheetos on their couch because of coronavirus. <laughs> like we were we're all stuck inside like eating garbage. Like it was just horrendous in March and April. So yeah, you know, I'm yeah, I'm always glad. It's nice to hear. But I did finally get those out. It was epic. Uh, the most I, complicated, unnecessary. Yeah. It was fun. What you want to do with it? I can't remember. Was it a, like a plasma cutter or some kind of high heat application? I, it feels like a lifetime I, ago. Oh, to actually get it out, I ended up drilling yeah. it. I ended up drilling it repeatedly with like 16 inch long. That's right. Like three sixteenths bit drill bits it was ridiculous yeah. snapped like two or three in there i oh, made it stronger uh, <laughs> and uh, i drilled a bunch of holes as as accurately as i can with a mag drill and then i shoved like an oxy torch in there uh, okay. for a long time because i tried the oxy torch thing without the holes previously and sure. it did nothing so sure. the holes allowed it to kind of get in there it's like the biggest that's, heat sink you could possibly imagine. Yeah, I know, right? The <laughs> anvil is 1,500 pounds of solid oh. steel. 
Uh, and I'm like trying to oxytorch it with this tiny flame. <laughs> Anyways, that uh, after that, I've done essentially nothing on it other than send the cast parts. And I have, in case people don't know, I have, um, for some miraculous reason, the original castings for the parts that are missing on the hammer um, mm. that How were convenient. never that were never machined. Wow! No kidding. So I have to get those machines. So I've sent the crosshead off to A-Bomb who machined it. And it's yep. amazing. And uh, I'm going to do the link, the linkage arms. And uh, I think Jason from Fireball Tools is willing to help me out with the uh, actual toggle arms, the arms that hold the spring. And they're okay, like that right. kind of S shape that would be hard to uh make in any other way than like a water jet essentially so that's that's kind of what needs to be done on the front of that hammer still so i hope to get to that next year uh when you work with other people you also like work on their schedule so it's just kind of whenever it happens it happens i'm not you know in a massive rush either because uh, yeah. I still need to figure out how to mount the motor and all that stuff to it. Because it needs like a ten or fifteen horsepower motor, and like it's just ridiculous. Big girl. Are, are you planning on getting into blacksmithing once that's done? Well, I the okay. So I've blacksmithed a few times, <laughs> um, and I've really enjoyed it. Extremely, extremely enjoyed it. It is. Not something I would want to do as much alone. Um, and I'm just bored. But I, I really enjoyed the social aspect of blacksmithing. And I'm sure a bunch of real blacksmiths are like, this guy's the worst guy I've ever met. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, I really enjoyed the fact that like you put something in the fire and you got time. And like, yeah, I could be, if I was like a real blacksmith, like, you know mastering my craft or i can just <laughs> chill chill with my friends here in the workshop sure. and they can throw stuff in the fire too and squish some stuff with the hammer like it, it, you know when an opportunity to have uh that with friends pops up i i would like to have the tools ready to do that so uh, i do just want to set up like a little corner and on top of just the social aspect i can use it uh, extensively in some restorations for sure. Like there are forged parts of things that need restoration and I yep. can do that with uh, a power hammer of that size can get me, can get me uh, through some, some thick steel. So it, it's nice. Yeah. I, I, have, I have two questions. So uh, do yeah. you have a, do you have a tool that requires the power hammer to be done <laughs> to finish? Um, not specifically yet. Um, I could use it on purpose to do something that I could probably get done some other way. Uh, but uh, there are some forgings that I need to do. I have, you know, like the uh, ratchet pawl on a post drill, mm-hmm. like that, and that whole arm assembly, like it's always broken on like every yeah. post drill. That would be very nice to forge instead of have it cast because it's just going to snap again so forging something simple like that doesn't need a massive power hammer but i could 
Right. I could, because I have the ability. And but then, it would just be it would just be fun to mess around with. I think a lot of uh, a lot of my use out of it would come from the series of videos where I recreate something from a patent. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot there that I've come across that is like borderline something I would like to try yeah. or, or at least attempt at remaking that were forgings out of like a, a thick chunk of steel. So it could, it could happen. That, that leads me to another thought but before we get there. We, before we leave blacksmithing in Canada, sure. is it acceptable to quench by throwing things in the snow? <laughs> Actually, we do, we do the blood quench where we stab our own stomach to quench the <laughs> Yeah, and now it has embodied my soul and spirit as well. Like, would that, be, would that be too cold? I, I'm trying to think, like, the rate of cooling is extremely important. Body? From 70-degree workshop to minus 40, like... Does oh, yeah. no, just air quench. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> put it in the snow you just open just, the just hold it outside no. for 10 seconds no you mm-hmm. totally could the snow the problem with snow though is that the snow if you did quench actually if you were this was a real specific question um it would immediately <laughs> yeah. melt on the outside like right where the knife was and then just leave a pocket of air unless you're constantly like throwing snow on it i don't even know if it would work that's what mm-hmm. water is constant snow in liquid oh form this is getting so deep uh you us warm waters can't even understand you guys are moisture is the essence of water (laughs) (laughs) i feel like i walk out of my my shop after a really difficult restoration where something is completely disgusting and i've been wire wheeling for like six hours like literally like derek zoolander in the mine yeah and that's a good day it's like a great day Get the black spot. <laughs> I should have pulled my respirator, Pop. <laughs> exactly. Uh, That's um, awesome. So the thought I had when you were talking about patents, do you have a uh, honey hole for patents, or do you just use the the online patent resources, patent no, searches? There's no, there's no specific uh, place to go. There, there is um, DATAMP, which is D-A-T... AMP, which I forget what it stands for, but uh, something American Patents of ant- Antique Tool, American Patents, something like that. Uh, I'm a failure for not remembering this right now. But okay. uh, that's a site literally dedicated to patents of antique tools. Hmm. So <laughs> so you could go on there at any point in time you'd like and, and sort uh, accordingly. But uh, in terms of the ones that I'd like to recreate uh, they have to just meet a specific set of, you know, crit- like, can I actually pull this off with the tools I have? And right. is it is it interesting enough uh, for, you know, whatever I happen to be focusing on? So I'll, I'll figure it out. But finding patents is important to my whole restoration process anyways. Like, I just, I got to know. You got to know at the base level if something is missing or wrong. Is, well, is that... When you I was about to say. the um the database is it word searchable or is it all really old text where you're just getting images of I th- it's like, word searchable as well. Oh, yeah. Okay, so it's not like you got to nail the tool name perfectly no, to find. No, it. no, no, it's pretty, it's pretty good. I think they even have category searches as well. Okay, but oh, wow. uh, 
Yeah. So that's part of that's part of your process where that you'll do that before or during your while you're working on yeah, a specific tool. Yeah, 100%. Every every time like the second well, the second I buy it or maybe the second I'm interested in it. <laughs> well, I just that, need to know like really you come smart, across man. let's say for example you come across the drag saw again. Yeah. How would you I you've never seen this in your life. You know yeah. nothing about it. It just intrigues you on some yeah. sick level for some insane reason and uh you just need to know if it's worth dumping money into and yeah you can look online quickly for photos for reference but if you find if it happens to have like a specific patent you could be like oh oh it's missing this entire arm that should be on this thing and then you can double check that because there are differences between what was patent and then what actually went into production obviously sure. uh, and then you can go just to the next step which would be the actual tool catalogs if you can find them the original tool catalogs and look yeah. and see oh yeah they just actually never made that part uh, into into production for whatever reason and that's oh. where more videos like me and my channel would be very helpful <laughs> because there would be some other guy <laughs> taking apart the drag stuff he's like oh yeah they're supposed to there's supposed to be this over here, or the guy takes a part off that I don't have, and it's yeah. the exact same tool. And I'm saying they're like, interesting. Is this like the key to how this all works, or is this? Yeah, something that doesn't matter. Yeah. Wow. So it's, this it's, is great. It's, like I, I never would have considered to do even. Con- I can think of a, a couple of occasions where I've had like something. I've been working on something, and I just didn't know. Like I couldn't find. It wasn't on vintage machinery. Right. And it wasn't anywhere else. So like. Wow. <laughs> doesn't exist. I, kind of just, I, I gave it to somebody else. Like, hey, have there's, fun with this yeah, uh, there's awesome also, hacks I'll like, figure out. Yeah, 100%. Well, you hope that it was patented, at least. If it wasn't, yeah, then yeah. you're kind of screwed. But there's also the Library of Congress. You can search there anytime you right. want. Wow. Yeah. Like the... I don't know if you've seen recently, but I found an uh, antique uh, continuous variable transmission. Okay. Uh, and... The belt it uses are, are essentially like wood links bolted onto a leather belt. Okay. So cool. And on, on the sides of the wooden on the yeah, it's super cool. On the sides of the wooden links, there are uh, rubber like glued or stapled onto the sides, uh, yeah. like rubber stamps or something. And that's what engages the pulleys as they like squish and move. Cool. Anyways. I ended up on the Library of Congress searching for this tool because it, it it really wasn't coming up, and I ended up finding photos of a bunch of guys in the original workshop building the belts with oh the uh, like the pieces of wood. They're literally putting it together how it was made, and then it was like, oh my god, it's happening! I finally have found like an actual line of production that I could use to remake yeah, yeah. this belt. As close sure. to original as humanly possible, uh, like and that never a... it never happens. There wasn't some guy in 1922 mm-hmm. taking selfies with like, oh yeah, <laughs> just bought this drill press, it's super in sweet. Factory, yeah, you know, That's like that... it's so rare, it's so rare. It's and like so incredible, like uh, yeah, like some guy happened to be in the factory with a camera that day. You're it's right. just it's just odd. I I think so... with with hand tools, the <laughs> smaller they get the more the whole tool is part of the patent. But if you yes. get into things with like 
motors and uh, turn of the century, like early 1900s. Yeah. Like the whole bandsaw was patented because just something about the table with the blade. Yeah. You could get the whole description of the whole machine, but somewhere <laughs> around like the 30s and 40s, everybody yeah. had arranged bandsaws and table yes. saws every yeah. awesome way. And then yeah. you just got patents on like some like extra, you know, adjuster, but you've never yeah, yeah. got like somebody's yes. attempt to put everybody's patents together with their adjuster. So I yeah, feel as like the companies grew 100%. <laughs> as the companies grew as just the general uh, evolution of product design over time. Yeah, it just gets refined and refined and finding the original yeah. one. It's it's more difficult and everything's kind of further away from that. And that's what kind of helps with choosing a more uh, unique uh, tool. Uh, you might have a better luck in finding uh, a oh. patent exclusively for that in its entirety. Sure. So you've, you've hinted it and I've been withholding, but uh, have, have, have you guys officially coined, I say you guys, for our listeners, uh, Eric also has a, another podcast called the Fitzall Podcast. And yes. if you listen to that with some frequency, there's some terminology they use, all family friendly, of course. <laughs> Definitely have your yes. go listen. Um, <laughs> but they, I have to ask, did you guys term the word gizmosity? Gizmosity? Um, <laughs> I, I don't think so. Like I was... Um... I remember reading about that years ago um, on maybe some some sort of tool forum. Um, I think it's some sort of like weird transcendent saying <laughs> that like somehow people understand like why. Maybe that's just me. No, uh, I don't think so. Projecting, but there's the, something the there's something of interest that innately attracts me yeah. to things that have like tons of like little gizmos spinning and flapping and like everything mechanically everything mechanically focused. Nothing electrical in the in the sense of like there isn't an electronic switch. It's the, sure, right. it's not a one or a zero. I want to see a physical lever go up and down. Right. Like I, I don't know why. But uh the term gizmosity I've read on on a forum before that. Uh before before talking about it and on the podcast. Is it safe to say that visual motion to solve the problem equals gizmosity, at least on a scale? Oh yeah, a hundred, a hundred percent. So I, it, I want to see. I almost want it exaggerated. Yeah, like I, I want to see the motions going on. It's just so amazing. Like, do you remember? Uh, you ever see the movie Wild Wild West with Will Smith? Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, like the the evil guy. Yes. Whatever, with like the spider machine. Yes. And like all these gears and stuff are like flipping and switches and like. Sure. Things are stabbing into other things. Like that's basically what I want. Yeah. <laughs> that's steam that machine, punk, like erotica. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's this. There is a steampunk thing to it, but just with more ridiculous reality, and that's what I love. Like just the, yeah. the most unnecessary way to get a job done. Right. Like get as close to Rube Goldberg device esque <laughs> you can. So, so that, yes. so that for you is a ten. On the scale of one to ten, yes. For, the, for... the spider crawling from wild <laughs> evil guy 
<laughs> from whatever. What was his name? Love. Some, Loveless. 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 Yeah. Uh, yes, that. That. Ugh, that's that's the tech. That's yeah. that's really the dream tool that I could never obtain. Is a crawling spider that works entirely through mechanical levers and gears. Thank you. Was, I can't, I'm trying to remember. Was it steam? I think he had. Oh, you know, it was steam. Come yeah, on. it was giant. Yeah. It was basically strange. War technology at its finest. Powered spider. Okay. Right. And and yet those collars that they wore with the saws that chased after them that had to have been all uh, magnetic, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> the most powerful it. magnets. He had his flying machine too. He called it the Air Gordon. <laughs> it was so cheesy. I have to go watch that movie again now. Thanks a lot, you guys. It's awful. Yeah. Anyways, that's that's a ten. That's a solid that's a ten. So so in the in the restoration world, there's there's hand tools like specifically you know old woodworking, metalworking hand right. tools. There's there's vice folks. There's drill press folks. There's bandsaw. There's the machinery, and then there's the oddities. Um, is there a, a a unique characteristic? Can you boil down Gizmosity just on features, or can you say that like there's no way a vice could ever get out of like a three or four just because you've never seen one with like fancy motion? I don't know. Right. What about the Emirate Pattern Maker's vice? That's got some Gizmosity to it. Yeah, that's that's pretty high. So it's got the highest. So you can't yeah. you can't put tools on the scale if you wanted to go from like screwdriver to apple peeler. And just yeah. like plot, uh, <laughs> you know, the evolution. You need of one of those like graphs like this, <laughs> right? Each, each quadrant. That's what you're looking for. Yes, the yes, something like a vice. You would have to probably design your own like unnecessarily complicated vice, guaranteed to get like, to like the yeah. level that would be of maximum. Like, like fireball to tools, uh, most recent vice probably. Yeah, that's getting the there, but there, there's not enough gears. Any sure. more gears? So that one that the guy's designing—it's a woodworking vice that's got like a bunch of gears built into it that you can like. Oh, the quick release. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's got some. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that is getting there. Gears to me, sure. exposed metal gears. That's where I'm going to be. Good stuff. Every does, time you see an exposed metal gear, know that I'm near. Okay. Does, does a flat belt increase or de decrease the gizmosity scale? Is that cheating oh, when you could have used more gears? More gear. No, flat belt, you, ba you basically have to accept because it was just of that era. You know, it would be amazing. Well, I mean, you, you, go, you go back to like those ridiculous like foot-powered bandsaws. You're just like, okay, you, you can, but you're, you're never going to get horsepower. You're like yeah. a foot power. The treadle, yeah, like the treadle-powered stuff is insane. It's amazing. Oh. But and yeah, every, I, do, I do enjoy the gears. Every video you find of those, people go, yeah, this was fun to restore, but nobody's going to use this. This is Nobody's. Yeah. Yeah. Literally That's making I got that pedal. I got that pedal powered. Not lathe. even pedal, like pedal, like a bike, lathe. And it's just so stupid. <laughs> it's, it's probably it's a amazing. Good workout. I'm not sure. Was, yeah, it's was, a good workout, yeah. but it's just... My God, I can't believe people would be on there all day. I yeah, shouldn't if that's what you had, you know, a cabin or something. It's like that's it. Somebody, somebody's drinking moonshine, and they're yeah, going, right. We should have this. 
better yeah. than having me work the bow, cranking the the workpiece back and forth while you're in there, just, yeah. you know, trying to. Hold yeah. <laughs> but the, see, the funny part about all this is that you think of this as like a, a natural timeline, like, oh, they had this before they had electricity. No, this was sold at the exact same time. Right. Sure. This yeah. was sold in tandem with. Like by the same company sometimes. Sure. Yeah. It just it was appealing to different markets. Like are you if you're on a farm but you want to turn brass for some reason, <laughs> we got the options. Or yeah. or Good you want to hit all markets and you're the poor guy at the machine shop going and you got a cheap boss and he's like, Hey, you know how we just put in a line shaft? Well, we <laughs> don't have too many pulleys, so I got you guys yeah. all foot powered lathes. The pulleys were the, the deal breaker here. That's right, it's we saved fifty bucks. <laughs> Exactly. So I want to switch gears for a second. Um, Eric, you have a lot of irons in the fire, man, making the new tools. You got the YouTube stuff. Restoration takes a ton of time, as we all know, yes. um, and a full-time job. How, how do you find the balance, man? We did like a whole video or a whole, whole episode on, you know, parenting and restoration and just like <laughs> day-to-day life restoration. How do, you, how do you find yourself managing your time and still finding time to do all the things you like to do? You just don't. Yeah. <laughs> i haven't seen my kids in months yeah i don't even know where i am anymore no you uh i don't know i just do whatever i can do when i can do it, it it's i there used to be a time where i would like try and uh try to meet some of my own specific timelines that were just arbitrary anyways uh but now as ridiculous as it sounds i just let the tool decide the timeline because i I have no control and uh, through experience you just have no control whatsoever like the the latest thing is a weird like hand lever door mortiser and um a bunch of parts are missing but they're uh, replica parts or I guess they're one of four and I happen to have one so I just send yeah. them off to get recast and now I gotta wait two weeks for that to happen yeah so I, what am I gonna do you know yeah, it's just the way sure. it is or I take something apart and it's garbage and it's broken and I gotta repair it and I gotta take time to do that so uh, I stopped trying to like force myself to have <laughs> like a real timeline in terms yeah. of restoration, because it's just not it's not feasible, uh, sure. and then and then I, I don't spend too much time as much as Instagram makes it seem like I'm spending a lot of time in the workshop. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm just there for like a, a little bit each day, making small progress, little by little, and I, I get there. There's not much I can do. My at least I can work from home. Uh, anyways which is very nice yeah uh, which makes things much easier and I, I i can't even think of getting to the level of like nine to five and then coming home and it, yeah, like, yeah i was awesome. luckily there's nowhere to go in my city that would take more than 20 minutes so uh commuting luckily is not an issue but yeah commuting would, would like kill me there's so many things that i I'm so grateful and lucky that it just happens to be the way it is currently. Yeah. Uh, right. But we'll just we'll just see how it goes. It's not sure. the end of the world. Like the uh, 
whole pandemic was a lot of it's just a massive pain in the ass uh when you have children yeah yes literally the worst just the worst yeah brings out the best in you and your family and oh my god like it's fine i understand spending time but i can't even spend time with myself without getting disgusted so (laughs) it's just not it's just not in me to like have like just twenty four seven in my face yeah. uh, of of anything. I just need that time, like alone, quiet. To it's somehow mentally, I I just need it. So, yeah, not only yeah. that, just the the difficulty of yeah, the entire twenty twenty is just that's taken a toll. Like I've released half of the videos that I wanted to this yeah. year. Yeah, and just this. It's not going to happen. It sucks. So I, a younger me might have cared, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I just, you just can't. There's only one, sure. only one of you. Sure. Just got to roll with it, kind of figure it yeah, out. Yeah, 100%. There's an interesting transition there because there was another question I wanted to ask you. And, and that question I, I, I ask a lot of guys. Um, restoration for me, it didn't start this way, but it has become extremely therapeutic for me um in terms of just my overall mood and general mental health having that quiet time to be alone with your thoughts and your hands doing good work and making yeah. you know, actually making taking something that was crappy and making it nice or beautiful again or functional again yeah. less um, crappy does restoration have that less yeah in my case less crappy um <laughs> that wasn't a dig that was me because i don't get it no, 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 no. it's just a little less that was crappy me digging, digging. <laughs> But no, seriously, does uh, do you find it gives you anything in addition to the end result of a functional tool uh, for you and your just well-being? hundred uh, percent. That was part of the initial attraction to it. You know, now that I can have time to kind of look back at why I was so interested and why it still keeps me hooked is that it is incredibly rewarding and satisfying to see you know, something you did come together uh, in a, in a nice way and, and function the way it's supposed to. And it's nice to work with your hands so that your mind is not busy. Your hands are, and you can just chill uh, and have that downtime. Like, yeah, I could sit on the couch and do nothing, which is fantastic in its own (laughs) separate way. But uh, there's just something forever with working with my hands that I will that I will enjoy, and there's there's something it's I can't get that enjoyment out of anything else that way. I, I feel like uh, it, it's its own nice thing. So I, I just know even even if I'm like on vacation, like I'm not sitting on a beach. I, I like I'll kill myself. Like, I can't. I can't. I can't sit. St- I'm not doing that. It's yeah. not appealing to me at all. Right. Like yeah, for like a little bit each day or something. But then after like half an hour, I'm like, okay, what are we doing now? Yeah, right. We're not doing yeah. anything here. Like yeah, it's nice visually, and the temperature is very nice. But like, can I do? Can we do something? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I just want to do stuff. Yeah, I hear that. That's on, my, that's on my tombstone. 
just yeah. just want to do stuff. Just want to do Eric, stuff. YouTube'sman, I'd like to do stuff. Here, here lies here lies Eric. He, he did stuff. He did stuff. Oh, oh, stuff. Man. Well, it's interesting. I mean, I, the, I I like the philosophical aspects of some of the stuff. You know, I feel like people in general are so much less happy now. Just as a just like people in general are not happy. You know what I mean? Like with the technological age that we live in, people stare at a screen all day. And there's something to working with your hands, even if it's a, even if it's like a, a hobby to get that time to kind of just chill out, you know, and yeah. work and then the, the, your produce your labor and enjoy that. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. And, and it could be the hands thing or it could just be a, a hobby thing. If you're just talking mentally for whatever reason, like just having something you always know is, almost like your happy place you, you yeah. know you always you know it's always there if you need it whatever it happens to be if you like you know collecting sticks i'd have no like do it be that guy True. i don't mind you gotta have <laughs> stick collectors okay yeah. you gotta catalog the sticks yeah um right like it's just it's just having something to work towards and having some place that's alone but still a happy place uh, sure. is useful to me for some reason. Yeah. yeah. And I, I do, agree. you know, like I work, especially when filming, like it is dead silent in my workshop. Yeah. Like I'm not listening to music. I am literally like, it is so quiet. It'd be uncomfortable for most people. Uh, unless now, obviously like a tool is running or something but right. like the filming process like I, i'm just assembling screws into holes like this that's the noise yeah, yeah. that's cool well then you gotta find the thing that works perfect for you and then when you find that you know what works and you just run with it and it's perfect yeah 100%. i don't know cool james uh, for instance likes getting giant universal woodworking machines i know i know i don't enjoy space anymore it you is super. More. I just yeah, just need I just need all of them. Just they are incredible. I still need to see that run one day. Oh yeah, me too. <laughs> it's, it's an impressive work. No, it the the Sydney's really close and actually just got the insulation to uh finish the garage, which is a why I'm not out there every evening because mm -hmm. it's super cold. But yeah. once what it's insulated, you? I can run my dedicated power, and then I can have the motor turning, and at least I can have all the big pulleys moving. I don't know if I'll cut wood right away, but oh, I'll get to see what wood. stuff. You'll probably have wood standing out in your shop watching yeah, it run. Yes. <laughs> so you will. You can cut that if needed. Yes. So it, we're, I'm getting close. How close you can get to the machine? You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel I feel ridiculous having two of these machines now for over two years, and I've never actually spun either of them without cheating third or three phase power and almost dying. I know the feeling. It just takes time. Yeah, that's the way it is. There's no escape. Yeah. But once it is ready, you will be so ready to just move on to the next one. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because <laughs> it never ends. No, and, and like you said, like you guys mentioned, it's nice to have, even if I'm not in the garage, mentally, I go, all right, I'm going to double think or triple think, like, what's the next right move 
to work yeah. on the table it's like saw. Something or fun, like, fun to fall asleep to, or something. Yeah. Like, it's just sure. whatever you, whatever you got to do. It's just there, comforting. Yeah. So, comforting. so, so while we're deep, Eric, do you have a favorite or most memorable restoration across your your vast history? <laughs> the vast, the vast, <laughs> the vast. <laughs> um. Yes, there. We've actually mentioned them, uh, and we mentioned them because maybe they just are the ones that I, I love the most. But I really do love the drag saw, and I love the time I spent on that because uh, it's a tool that allowed me to use a, as many skill sets that I had available to me like i had to remake the wooden frame and like hand carve parts of it uh i had to do engine work with a hit or miss engine um i had to do a bunch of brazing and welding and just general fabricating along with the usual restoration process of you know sandblasting and painting and cleaning and de-rusting and all that stuff so there were just like a lot of I got to basically use every single tool in my workshop, uh, which I rarely get to do with uh, one single restoration. So I really had a lot of fun with with that one. Uh, and I know we've talked about it, but that's why I love it. Is that the goal? Is that every project needs that much work? <laughs> it must need that. I just, I just like knowing that if it ever did, I have the potential around me to do that type of work if i actually had to again it's just it's somewhat comfortable comforting just knowing like oh yeah we can make the wood but you know where was i gonna find six inch by five inch solid hardwood beams to replace the the, to replace the frame for the drag saw and all I did was literally go outside to the sawmill. I was like, oh, yeah. I have like, it. <laughs> it's literally right here. I am capable of this, yes. Right? Like, I had it. I had it all. It was, it was just nice. It all just kind of fit together for once. Uh, Beautiful thing. Interesting. It's, I think while we're talking about this, I, I, I'm currently going through this Power Wagon project. And I, I would recommend to anyone, if you have the opportunity, to take on a project that will challenge every skill set that you have and push you to that level that you should yeah. try it. And it is extremely frustrating and hard and you will be forced to grow as a human being and as a craftsman. The, the patience will be learned. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm like, I'm over Amen this truck. I, I, can put, I, I may crash this truck into a wall the day after I finish it. <laughs> but like, I, I'm at the point now where like, I'm, nine months in <clears throat> and i've increased my skill set in every arena like but it's uh, and i would say like with eric's drag saw i mean you know you're you it, you become better at every aspect because you have to challenge every one of these aspects yeah. with project that complex that goes into all of those different skill sets and it's just it is um it's like uh, it's like you know your master thesis or something almost in terms of restoration. You have to just really just put it all out there, and it's yeah, like everything you know how to do yeah. is yeah. going to be 
is going to be applied in this sure. restoration, Strange, yeah. whether you're good at it or not. You have to <laughs> pull it off. Yeah, I know. I know the feeling. It's, it's got to be done. Good it's got to be done. It's yeah. a lot of fun. So what does what does the other side of that hill look like for you, Dave? Like, do you just become the 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 guy at the top of the mountain that helps everybody else find their parts, or do you just keep going? I don't know, dude. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the I don't know what the future holds. What do you, you mean as far as like with with vehicle stuff? Is that what you're? At? I mean, you you've been looking forward to the power wagon for so long. I've been oh. looking forward to getting the universal turned on. It's gonna. Oh yeah, I, I've always had a table saw, but this one is way better at killing me. So you know, I'm, I'm right. kind of worried because it's that project. As soon as I get it done, going, all right, now all I get to do is worry about my children falling into it and turning into Jello. Like that's <laughs> true. You got to build the. Like, do you personally plan on keeping both of them? Like the uh, the saw combo forever. I plan on keeping one. I would like right. to make a full, authentic-looking woodworking shop, exposed beam and the like, and I would love that to be the centerpiece tool. Yeah, I have two yeah. machines. This, this is the correct answer. Yes, <laughs> I have two machines, and you know, I quickly justify going, yeah, of course, I need a resaw, 36-inch bandsaw, <laughs> and I need a regular bandsaw, and Come I on, definitely need two joiners. piece of shit? Of course you need. <laughs> right. And of course, <laughs> of course I need to, you know go buy a, a generator so that I can get yeah. three-phase power just so that I can have resaw capabilities instead of, you know, you changing the blade. So, yeah. Uh, I've <laughs> about having both of them, but it would be cool having one. And I've already, it, these guys already helped me found probably one of the most rare complete units. So now I'm like, oh God, the pursuit's kind of done. Maybe I'll find yeah. some more ones. The pursuit just, is... The chase is very exciting, and we've we've oh, found yeah. some weird ones and like it's some dangerous. funky, funky ones, and it's like these are just going to become yard art. Yeah, this like, is yeah. the problem. This is the you know we all have this problem. Yeah, sure. Well, you know it's scary to it's scary to see like guys at different phases of their life than where we are now. I, I assume we're all in our thirties, more or less, and to, like 12. you see the yeah, <laughs> you're twenty, I mean, yeah, I'm twenty. 20. I'm, 21 years old. I mean, gorgeous man. Here. Yeah. But no, like you see these guys that are in their 80s. I remember, um, I think I saw a story, Eric, you with, with Jimmy and a couple other dudes in New York and like a, like a, like a tractor graveyard. Like, I don't want to be that guy, but I can see it. Ha I can, I can see it. Like I can, yeah. if I had a big piece of property and like, oh, yeah. a, like a, 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 a very big income, I think I would probably just buy see, stuff. This see, is, but for, this for you having vehicles out in the woods, that's like a normal American thing. If I have saws out in the middle of the woods, like, <laughs> that, that's like Hollywood. Just, yeah, just, just, right. Just part Jeez. of what you got to do. Yeah. Yes, it's uh, it's very easy to become that. If you had, yeah. if I had the land and the money, yes, yeah, I'd be uh -huh. that. I'd be that guy with like a car on cinder blocks with no t tires on it in his front <laughs> lawn. Like I'd be that sure. guy. Well, yeah. I, think Andrew, I think Andrew Black's, uh, Blacksmith Tools yes. is doing it right. He's building more buildings to yeah. keep yes. it away from public view because he doesn't just want no, everybody taking it. That's, that's what I'm concerned about. Like I'd love more land, but I know exactly what I'd do with it. Yeah, I would just start loading it up with rust. 
and yeah. uh, it can it can be an issue because it would just stay there until they just die probably, and then someone else's problem. Like it's pointless. Yeah. On some level. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting. I think there's like it, it, I, the awareness of it, the awareness of what it can develop into. Because I like I I think for me there is as much of an addictive. Uh, dopamine dump that people probably get from drugs that I get to finding something that I think is awesome that is really rusty, like a total, of course. not a throwaway, but something that I know has potential. Like the kids down in Kensington in Philadelphia, like getting a bag of heroin. That's for me. I'm just like, oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's I mean? similar. It's a similar Do, it chemical response. Yeah. You, you just Got said it right there. Acknowledging the problem is the first step. Do we need to set up some sort of like tool collectors anonymous? Rust anonymous. I used to buy pliers by the dozens. Like, yeah, uh, you could go down that path. And I totally understand, you know, when some when you see something posted that's like super rare for not a lot of money and and you know it's a race between you and one million other people to get this into your hands yeah. uh it's it's exhilarating for sure 100 sure. uh, percent. It, it doesn't happen that often either it's it's a lot of fun and if i lose i don't even care it's just fun yeah. um uh, but yeah if it's something like you really wanted it would be very yeah. very frustrating I try and stay away from that, David. Yeah, like I don't need a swing saw in my life, but yes, you do. You really do. (laughs) David, you mentioned people getting grumpier these days, and I think it's because when you are Facebook friends with old woodworkingmachine.com and everybody's like, hey, look, the machine you wanted to restore is $100 in Kentucky. And you go, oh, great, thanks. Now I feel worse that I spent four (laughs) times as much and mine doesn't even work. Like, ugh. I, I, I had like a two week period where I was just angry all the time. So I have this, so I have my, I, I mean, I'm angry. I'm, I've got a little bit of anger in me most of the time, but so, um, I have a, two cabs for my truck, right? I bought a parts truck and the, and the main truck and there, a fella up just over the New York border in Canada has a power wagon frame engine transmission, completely decked running gear. Great shape. He's doing like his own frame fabrication job. He's putting like a 6BT Cummins in it. So he's not even using anything below the level of the cab. All he's using the cab. And he messaged me. He's like, hey, man, like if you want to come pick this thing up, like you can have it. Like I don't want it. I hate to see it go to the scrapyard, but that's where it's going if you don't come get it. And the Canadian border is closed and it maintains being closed. And I'm still mad about this (laughs) because I would have been there like the next day. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's tricky. I wonder, like, is there any way around that? In terms of, so. I feel like, like, if you if met I, at the border, like, for one second, is it like the end of the world? I don't know, man. I, yeah, so I like, to open to commerce. And I'm that is a commercial venture for me to go and get this thing. I guess maybe right. could be. I'm not going there for a pleasure trip. I'm getting, I'm acquiring something and coming back, but like. I don't know how that stuff works and I don't really, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to get to the border and figure it out. Well, I'm sure. Just tell him like, just wait. Yeah. Is he going to wait? He said he, I said, he said I had a year. So. Yeah. 
It should be but fine, but that's good. Like, that's nice. Yeah, no, it's great. It is good. It, it'll work. It'll work out. But it, it's one of those things where it's like you know you're you're in the pursuit mode because yeah. like, you find out that this thing is possible, and then you start doing all the research and you're going like, yes. hard in that rabbit hole to try and like acquire yes. this rusty object that you desire. And then it's like, no, you can't have it. You're like, ah! Yeah, that would be that'd be the worst part too. If like in a few months he's like yeah i, I sold it i scrapped it fifty dollars for it thanks or, yeah, or I, the, I the border it. the border opens the day after you've restored everything that you now yeah. don't need yeah. <laughs> right i just finished selling off all the parts of the parts truck on on, yeah. on they're like on we, we could have opened it earlier but dave wasn't done <laughs> you heard this guy we just, we just had to wait just a little bit just in case <laughs> Yeah, oh that's true. I know the feeling. I know the feeling. Yeah, it's it's there. Cool. Um, we'll probably wrap up soon. I, I I did want to ask you quickly about your amazing old shaper machine. Uh, or wait, am I saying that right? Yes, yes. Well, the old the metal shaper, metal planer, planer, metal metal yes. planer. Yes. I'd be interested to see more of that. Was there a did you do a video on that or was there ever is is no, it restored? I set that up yet because it's part of my why I'm a failure catalog entry. Sure, I get um, it. But uh, <laughs> it basically arrived here like two right. years ago, uh, sure. and I shoved it under the stairs and <laughs> said that <laughs> said that I would well, I would get to it at some point, yeah. and I. The, the only reason I haven't tackled it is because, okay, there's basically no rust on it. It's in such an insanely right. amazing condition sure. that I, I really don't need to do much to it other than someone went like this all over it with a paintbrush and like the gears sure. and, and weird stuff has paint all over it. So mm. I do need to strip all the paint off yeah, uh, and apply the appropriate color and thickness of maybe it was japanning i don't remember um but i'm just looking at it right now so there is not a lot that needs to be done and that's why i would never made it into like a, a video but i would love yeah. to include it in a little bit in some way uh for flattening steel if i do get it hooked up and sure. uh, that's another thing that i just i want to do and i yeah. hope to get that done soon i'm gonna take some time uh in the next few weeks and into january uh to just focus on workshop upgrades that i've been just postponing for literally two years so there's no time i i no. can completely yeah. understand that it's so horrible. yeah i need like i got it i'd love to set this up to see yeah. this flatten like a big chunk of steel is just way too exciting for me especially yeah. since it's both it's both uh belt driven and hand crank if you want to so sure. it's just it's so ridiculous i gotta i gotta obtain it That's so gonna be all i will get that you, going man. it's just a matter of getting the i think it's like a three horsepower motor and maybe yeah. a vfd or something for it it it's, doesn't need much yeah it's so easy to fall into that trap of of, of working on projects so often that you neglect the other things in the shop that like it, just, it gets like I have issues. all these I have all these like tools around me 
And when I go to cut a piece of wood, I'll go grab the circular saw that's battery powered because <laughs> it's so much shit on my table saw. Yeah. That it's uh, fast for me. You know, like it's just, and as time goes on, it just piles on and I'm using like, oh, now the circular saw, I can't find I'm hand sawing like the wood. Like, what am I doing? I have all this fancy woodworking equipment. I just it's covered in like yeah. insane stuff because it's just yeah. naturally how it happens. It's that's just that's how it happens. So I need yeah. to just take like okay, I'm taking like one week or two weeks, clean up everything, do do the upgrades I need to do, and then I can get back to not using them again. That's Real what I told nice. myself is my my workshop is just gonna be machineries for tabletop and storage space. Yeah. That's all they are now. I do different levels of horizontal space. That's just basically yeah. that's its own disease. Real. Horizontal horizontal surface disease. It's <laughs> <laughs> a separate thing in every workshop. It's, it's just the way worse it is. and worse as time progresses. Yeah. Yeah. It's degenerative. <laughs> I don't even know. I should make and sell like a series of like pointy jagged edged like sheets. You can't put anything on the table saw now, can you? That's right. <laughs> Anti-homeless devices for yeah, for basically bench. that. Oh, it's a bunch of spikes on the table saw. <laughs> yeah. Can't put your sunglasses down now. Just it's like extremely slick surface. It's angled just this much that it just yeah. Like that's that's what I really need to teach oh, me yes. a lesson. Make your make your billions doing that. Yeah, Bombus right. table saw with pigeon spikes. Yes, exactly that. Like somehow you have to forcibly stop me from putting things down. Literally whatever flat surface is directly in front of me at the moment that I'm working. Yeah. I was working and off like, of a oh, where's, where's the wrench? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I was working off of my, my little shop mate the other day. It was like a little clampy table with the little four legs drop down. Yeah. Like, what am I doing? I got a four by eight yeah. table. And it's full of crap that I haven't used in months. Okay. What's it's wrong just, with it? There's never enough horizontal mm-hmm. space. Like it's just know. never, I need a conveyor belt of horizontal space <laughs> that like goes into a warehouse Right. And then like you have no goes access away, to. goes away and then like comes back when I like punch an order number in. Right. Right. Like like the uh like the magazine on a uh, CNC machine. It just you it gives you exactly yeah, one that takes it away. That's basically for... I need a Lee Valley in my workshop. No, yeah. you're some you... like old guy I go up to the counter and some old guy's like, Oh yeah, part three seven five two, I'll get right on it. I'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> Two thoughts. You could either do like at, at the box store with the carpet rollers that go just up into the ceiling yes or oh, yeah. you could go to an abandoned uh airport and get one of the luggage uh things that come in and out oh, from no. behind yes. the black There's... curtains and you just hit a button and your work your work literally i need like until a... you got back to your pile what i need is a, a workbench ferris wheel with like 16 <laughs> workbenches that rotate <laughs> parasol sure. that's what oh, i need God. okay that's, that's what i need. that's beautiful then we've had enough horizontal space. Yes. So, uh, James, you got anything else, brother? No, we're we're getting silly, and uh, yeah, Ev- I feel bad. Evans probably still dealing with his baby stuff, but this, is, deep poop. this has been a blast, Eric. Thank you for for no, hanging. Thank, out you. thank you for inviting me. It's a lot of fun. We're gonna have to have you back on so that Evan can get his chance because what he can anytime he wants. What else am I doing? Just freezing to death. <laughs> Just well, like well, soon, okay. soon it'll be actually minus forty, with no exaggeration. <laughs> yeah, last year it was minus Brutal. the lowest was minus fifty three Celsius. 
Oh my god! Uh, and like Fahrenheit, what is that? Like minus sixty something? It's even a- more at minus forty. Fahrenheit and Celsius are the same, and after yes. that, it gets so much worse. Yes, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's not cool. these, these guys. These guys <laughs> tease me because it. I'll I'll wake up on most days in January and February would be minus twenty. I'm like, oh, it's just ungodly. I'm like, well, Where there's still you? a whole country above me. <laughs> yeah. Were you like Minnesota? No, no, no. I, I live uh, uh, about an hour and a half north of Jimmy. Oh. Yeah, New York. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't go to the shop if it's like 45 degrees outside. It's too cold. <laughs> it's a shadow. <laughs> I would have like, I'd have like 20 shop days. You'd have like flip-flops on, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's what I do now. Like I crank it to well above room temperature in my workshop all the time. Just wear oh, t-shirts. God. Just live the dream. I'm so God, jealous. I have no Arctic circle mess outside. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. All right. Oh my God, Eric. I, I have to thank you real quick for when I when I first got my attempted the YouTube game for your assistance with all that. Man, been uh, hugely influential and helpful. We haven't had a chance to like chat like this before, so I just I had to I gotta thank you, man. I really appreciate everything you've done to help me out. No, I, I, thank <laughs> you my heart for supporting whatever I've been up to, and it was yes. very nice coming on the podcast. Yeah, always yeah. fun to talk. Maybe I'll see you guys in person at one point when life Probably is like bubbles on our hands. Yeah, <laughs> next summer hopefully or something. Oh yeah. Bring on the uh, vaccine. Yeah, nothing. It's a, a um, good time to start quick. a podcast when you can't go see anybody you talk to. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Can't host events. Eric, you can't coordinate. No. Awesome. Real quick, uh, remind our accidental um, listeners tonight how to get a hold of you or to see your content, <laughs> please. Sure. You can find me on YouTube or Instagram uh, by searching Hand Tool Rescue. And I will be there morning, noon, and night, 24 seconds. To please, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Restoration Podcast. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate you. If you want to get a hold of us, you can find us on Instagram at the Restoration Podcast. Also, you can send us an email at the Restoration Podcast at gmail.com. And this has been the Restoration Podcast with James, Evan, and Dave, where we restore yesterday's tools for the craftsmen of today. Ladies and gentlemen, I bid you adieu. Bye. See you later. Bye. Thanks for coming on. See ya. That's a record. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, just lots keep going. Fun. Lots of fun, guys. I'm glad uh, you're alive still. Yes. yes. Same for you. Appreciate it. All right. Yeah, such well, try. I try. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna call it. I gotta get up early. Go tomorrow. sleep. We all must sleep. Dave, Dave. Dave. Really fast. You've tried to die by COVID like six times by now. But yeah. what the hell happened with the engine stand? Did you almost oh, actually oh, die? Oh, like so, instant die, not cop I, die? I want to tell you a really fake juicy story, but it's going to be in the video. So it, uh, it's uh. not.
So here's what happened, right? I, first of all, I have no idea how to use an engine stand because I'm not a mechanic. And uh, so I just kind of figured it out, right? So there are these little arms. They're rectangular. Um, uh, it's basically, you know, square, square uh, hollow tube with like a little uh, boss on the one end for the bolt. I installed them backwards. The boss on the bolt on the bolt side is to give clearance for the uh, hex head of a nut. Um, I'm not getting good hand signals here, but anyway, the boss Are you is a gang. <laughs> I was trying to do it in sign language for you guys for some yeah. reason. Anyway, so I realized it was wrong when I well, actually, I realized it six months ago when I was working on it on the first flathead engine. And I just said, fuck it. And I made it work and it didn't crash on me. And I, I was fine with this one. Um, I didn't learn from my mistakes and I bought the wrong bolt sizes. I bought a long bolt that would go through the boss in this mounting piece of metal. Instead, I should have bought a short bolt that would have been the proper way. It would have had less um, flex in the system because it would be like a shorter connection, a little bit stouter. And... Um, I realized this as soon as I got home from the hardware store with my grade eight long bolts. And I said, oh, I fucked up, but I don't feel like going back to the store. I'll just wing it and see what happens. And um, with this engine, because I'm not having it machined so I can save in the ballpark of $3,000 um, and I'm just kind of getting it back with hand tools and like trying to make it work. I wound up working these valves, which were just like stuck, like stuck, stuck into the block of this engine just by wiggling on them and like cranking back and forth with, with like a vice grip, just trying to get them out. I couldn't get them out for nothing. Anyway, all of that working, just work hard in the shit out of my grade eight bolts to the point where like the engine <laughs> mounted should be here. And by the time I had gotten to the point where I'm getting the valves out, it's like here. <laughs> and I know that I'm like really just gambling right now, but I'm like, fuck it. I don't feel like taking this thing off and buying the right bolts. So eventually, like mid, I think it was like one of the last valves I had left where it was like the most stuck valve. Of course. I, it started to like get sketchy and I was like, well, fuck it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm invested here. I'm, I'm going to see this through to the end. And, um, and it, it, it wound up having like a cascading failure effect. There were three bolts. The first one failed and like instantly the second one failed and I was able to grab the block and just get my body like my hip into it and catch it and it was down to the one bolt holding this um i want to i want to say it's like 450 pounds probably with the block and the and the and the bell housing that's probably higher on the high side but i caught it and i tipped the whole thing like onto it like it's sitting out here it was down here and like i just tipped it onto its nose and like disconnected the the bell housing from the engine and like gently lowered it to the ground and was like, well, fuck it, the valves aren't out yet. So I just finished the job laying on the floor, which actually was to my benefit because I was able to get the vice grip onto the head of the valve and put my feet on the block and just, <laughs> <laughs> and it was actually, it's actually amazing because the valve guides were so gummed. I believe I'm not hundred percent sure that were so gummed with fouling from the engine and maybe like, um, like lead, because I was just on lead, you know, using lead-based fuels when this thing was running in the 50s, that the <clears throat> the valve stem has this little, um, these little like shoulders at the very bottom that a little locking piece locks into that kind of holds it into a, um, a cap that holds it onto the spring. It like just locks it in place. So you can't just pull the valve right off the top. 
But anyway, those grooves in the very bottom of the um, of the valve basically acted like a reamer, in a sense, as I twisted this thing back and forth on every valve, and it totally cleaned out the um, the valve guide, which I thought I was going to have to replace. And so now, when the valve is in there, there's no slop at all. Like I I thought I was going to have to replace all these parts, but I just I reamed them. It was perfect. perfect. Nailed it. I, I'll I'll never do it different again. I'll just meant, is that to so, just submit that. To like some mechanic forum, yeah. I'm like, yes, that's exactly how you do that. You need you need to patent the self lowering engine stand. That's there it. you go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With exploding bolts for for right. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's time sensitive. Yeah, it, yeah, right. it knew, knew you were almost done, so it was it hurry was... up or you die. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Oh my god. Yeah, and first oh, reaction yeah. is always catch the heavy thing because your little boys could definitely <laughs> deadlift that off you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it'll be it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It's you don't need all. I was and I was doing it in flip flops, so like you know, it's oh uh, yeah, just stupid it's, shit. It's fine. You, you lose a couple toes, you got ten. The steel no, toe crux. It's good series. <sighs> Genius. That, that, what's his name actually made those right? Um, made made stuff here. There's a YouTube yeah, video. Yeah, I like his channel. He's very smart. He took he, he uh, took a, he did a whole iteration and he made the uh, positive and negative in wood and he cnc'd it and he was like i'm gonna just go into how to do like a 3d press of like the rock toe and uh, i think it got pretty far but once he productions it i'm gonna buy it for dave for christmas oh you are very kind sir i appreciate you yeah. <laughs> oh, all right eric all right, we can let you go you you're probably do for like at least a thousand instagram stories tonight right <laughs> i was on i was thinking like two thousand today oh yeah <laughs> that's yeah. why i mean whenever i'm scrolling through dave has a couple stories pj has a couple stories and i get to eric i'm like all right i need to get my coffee sit down. <laughs> yeah well like can they fucking stop like cutting me off every five seconds <laughs> right was it four four frames and then you gotta yeah, start like, i got some shit to say and i'm not gonna go live or like fill pre-record Oh, at 60 second intervals like garbage can't handle Do you it. ever find yourself like knowing it's coming up like freezing your body and then you like well <laughs> like I, I want it to i want there to be continuity so like i'll freeze in the moment and start a new story and then like go yeah, on yeah you're next. like stressing out yeah it sucks Ridiculous. instagram can eat a dick i'm done with it yeah it's too much. so yeah only 2000 tonight it's good that's right. Eric, great talking to you, man. Nice officially meeting you. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, fantastic talking to you. Uh, yep. tell, tell Evan to say hi, I guess. Yeah, yeah hopefully I did. All right, dudes. Later. Yep. Have a good okay. night, man. See you later. Bye.